I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You will not believe who wants to play for the Tampa Bay Bucks. And in a game of who would you rather have, we talk Jameis and Cam on this episode of the Rick and Tom podcast. Thanks for checking us out. We are Rick and Tom. Tom Jones, Rick Stroud, Tampa Bay Times. Thanks for listening. We're getting you ready for Sunday's game against the Carolina Panthers. Huge game for the Bucs. Not quite must win, but pretty darn close to must win. And Rick, you have a story in the Tampa Bay Times on TampaBay.com that when I first heard it, when I first heard about it, I thought it was a joke. Tell me what the heck is going on. Well, um, you know the Bucs can't rush the passer, right? Right. They got not seven exactly sacks. Break it is, yeah. No, that's not the headline, but that is the background. Um, <laughs> look, a couple of weeks ago, Simeon Rice was in Arizona uh, as an invitation of the Bucks to, you know, kind of hobnob with corporate sponsors, and he saw them get waxed by Arizona. Watched them on TV last week, and you know, Noah Spence goes on injured reserve today uh, with that chronic uh, shoulder of his that uh, keeps popping out of socket. He'll need surgery, so he's done. And so, you know, Rice, who, you know, thought his playing days were over, and they probably are, but um, got to thinking about it, and he, the guy works out three times a day. He's probably in better physical condition than guys half his age for sure. I know football's another thing, but he had sent a note to Brian Ford, the Bucks COO, saying, hey, you guys need help. I'm available. And he was sort of half-hearted about it. Then the more he thought about it, <laughs> he's, he's decided – you know what? I could I could play nine or ten weeks, and that would be it. That's all I want to do. And and part of it is, you know, him. I think we all have something that that didn't end the way we wanted it to. And for Simeon, that was his career. In as much as that, you know, he was sort of released by Tampa Bay. Um, he had a shoulder injury, a torn uh, labrum at that time. Ended up playing a little bit with Indianapolis, a little bit with Denver uh, in his final year. And he just didn't. It just didn't end on his terms. I mean, that was a guy that had ten sacks every year until until that final year where he didn't even play that many games. So between that, thinking he can help the Bucks, knowing that Spence is out, and and saying as only Sim can that, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm the. Uh, it's not chronological age. It's the fitness age, and I'm much younger. You know, I can still dunk three sixty on a basketball court, and you know, I work out on the track and. I could do this. I could really do this. And so that's sort of the story. And just just underlines, Tom, how desperate the situation is that a guy like Simeon Rice, who, you know, has over 100, I think it's 122 sacks in his career, would think that at age 43 he could actually help the Bucks. <laughs> that's, the, that's the part of this story, Rick, that makes it actually kind of sad. Not that not the, I'll get to the Simeon Rice part more in sure. just a moment. But the fact that... We're throwing that out there, as, as, and people are sitting there going, hmm, hmm. I wonder if this will actually work. <laughs> to think that a 43-year-old man who hasn't played football since, what, 2007? I think is yeah, his last time. Yeah, 10 he years, yeah. It's yeah. been 10 years, and he hasn't played in the NFL. And, and all of a sudden, we're sitting there going, well, maybe. I mean, he's better <laughs> than what they got. It just, you're right, Rick. It just underscores how pathetic. 
going back to the days of Simeon Rice since they've had a decent, really decent pass rush. Well, they just signed a guy who's 10 years younger, 10 chronologically years younger. I don't know what he is shape-wise, but he's not built like Simeon. And Daryl Tapp to come in, and he has 28 career sacks. Okay? <laughs> so, look, um, you know, there there are guys that, that have – first of all, to put this in perspective, has a 43-year-old ever made a sack in the NFL? No. In fact, as far as we could tell uh, from Greg Allman's research, which I would trust implicitly – the only player who has made a tackle at age 43 was a punter named Jeff Fiegels, who played for about a million years <laughs> with the Eagles. And Fiegels with the Eagles was not paid to, to make tackles. He was paid to punt. Sure. So it's absolutely insanely ridiculous to think that this would ever be something the Bucks would entertain. And in fact, almost to a man, they made light of it today. And I don't mean Jason Light. I mean, they made light of it, of, of just Simeon suggesting that he was serious and that a 43-year-old could do this. But you're right. It, it, it does. It sort of underscores where they are. I mean, look, I mean, this team cannot, you know, they would need a, a map and a flashlight to find a quarterback at this point. And, you know, there is nobody off the street that you can get to help you. I don't know, you know, is Robert Ayer suddenly going to become um, 10 years younger and play like he did when, when you know, when he was a – a high draft pick. I mean, there's, there's, you know, as they often say over there at one buck place, the cavalry isn't coming. And so this is a guy who represents, he was funny, man. I mean, when you talk to Simeon, you just want to believe in him so much. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's like Christmas, you know, Santa's coming and, and I'm a big believer. So he, he can convince you, but uh, my goodness, I mean, when you have guys volunteering their services well past, closing time I, I think I think we have to kind of look at how did we get here how did the Bucks get in a situation where this sort of thing would be entertaining I'm telling you I'm getting responses from I'd say 50 percent of the people who have responded to these stories or this that notion are in favor of it <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure they are because that's how bad it's been with the Bucks you and I have talked about this Rick for the last six or seven years they go into every draft and you think, okay, well, they really need a quarterback. Boy, they could use a pass rusher. Boy, and then next year, like, wow, you know, they could use Mike Evans as a really good receiver, but boy, they could use a pass rusher. This has been a constant need of theirs, really, for the past, what, 10 years since Simeon played here. I, well, yeah. I think it was the last time that they've had a guy with double digit sacks, right? He's the last one. He's the link to it. I mean, he's he's the missing link, if you will, that that, you know, there's no there's no one that's been able to bridge uh, the old days, and and you know, the, I don't know how many, I don't know, hundred or hundreds of people or players since then have had ten sacks. No one on the box now. They're, you know, nine and a half here or there, at right. times, but not double digits. And you're right. I mean, Tom, let's just look at Jason Light's four years here in the draft, and I, I don't think I'm mistaken about this. Noah Spence is the first edge rusher, I think, that he's drafted. In four years, he took him in the second round. And then, of course, they got Stevie T, you know, the defensive tackle from USC is on the practice or um, was IR'd um, from USC this year. And I think he was in the seventh round. Mm -hmm. So they've right. largely ignored the entire defensive line. Um, and you just can't do that. I mean, you know, the New York Giants are a team that, that seems to breed pass rushers because they're always, they're always drafting them, you know, even if they have, um, you know, 
really good pass rushers or edge rushers. They keep adding to it. And the Bucks have largely ignored the position. I mean, that's how you go out and you end up, remember a few years ago with Michael Johnson from Cincinnati? Mm-hmm. Um, that's how you end up with Robert Ayers. That's how you, you know, make a trade for George Johnson. Um, you know, these guys really are, it's the hardest position short of quarterback. If you're just going to give a value chart, quarterback is number one, obviously. And number mm-hmm. two is an edge rusher, not an inside guy, not a Gerald McCoy or Indomitian Sue or something like that. Right. But somebody who can affect it, you know, around the edges. And they've just not had anybody since Simeon Rice. So he's sitting there thinking, well, heck, I know I can go get a sack. You know, right now he's <laughs> tied for third on the Bucks among <laughs> defensive ends with zero. Right. Okay. So he's not that far off the charts as it is. It's crazy. He's not. This isn't going to happen. I, there's no way this can happen. I can't imagine. I mean, the re- there's a reason why 43-year-olds don't play football anymore because they can't. And I don't care what kind of shape Simeon Rice is in. This seems absolutely crazy to me. But you're right about as far as the lack of defensive ends, record passer, or pass rusher. You have to draft those guys, and you have to draft them high. They're hard to get. Certain positions, I think you can find receivers. I think you can find linebackers. You can find even, even defensive backs here and there. You can't find pass rushers just laying around, just guys off the streets. And you look at at guys who, who come into this league as big-time pass rushers, they stay with the same organization or else they get paid a lot of money in free agency. But it's not one of those things where you can just, well, Jason, like, go out tomorrow and get somebody. He can't. And that's why no. I almost said, and that's why 50% of the people out there are saying, oh, maybe Simeon Wright's isn't a bad idea. Yeah, I mean, it's a young man's game, and it would be unprecedented, and, and I agree with you. I don't think they'd, they'd even give him a tryout, which although would be highly entertaining, and, and I don't know that I would totally bet against him, <laughs> but um, because he is a he is that kind of – I mean, he, when he says he works out three times a day, it ain't like you and I, you know, going to play, you know, YMCA basketball or, or running two miles. Right. This cat is running 800 meters, 300 meters, 400 meters – um, you know, playing high level basketball with former NBA dudes yeah. and doing and doing something else on the way home. Right, running up hills and pushing tires and all that. Crazy yeah, I stuff. mean, he, I mean, he's made it sort of, and he doesn't, you know, he's not, he was never looking for a comeback. In fact, we saw Simeon Rice earlier this year. Remember, he came down in in mm-hmm. training camp during Hard Knocks to work with Noah Spence and Ryan Russell, and she was showing him some moves and. He was asked then, do you have ever entertained, you know, the idea of, uh, you think you'd still do it, Sim? Well, I could get, I'm not, I'm beyond that mentally. It's not physically. He said then, physically I could probably do it, but mentally. His thing was this. It's only a few games. <laughs> right. It's nine or ten games. I would only play nine or ten. I would completely max out, and then I would walk away. But I think I could help get them in the postseason. Or I could help, you know, I, 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 I'm old school. I would be... I would represent Derek. I mean, he, you know, Simeon gets rolling, man, and you, and you do. You want to you want to buy some Amway from him after a while. I mean, it's just you know he's incredible. Uh, and but he is. I'll say this: I don't know that I've ever been around a professional athlete. This is true. I don't know that I've ever been around a professional athlete who outwardly um, l- looks and acts. You know, here we are. What? 2002 right when they won the Super Bowl but but anyway 10 years after he's played looks and acts and seems to be the same guy I mean in every way right um I can't I can't detect any aging if you don't believe me go on his Twitter feed and look at the picture of his workout that was made you know now not Mm -hmm. 
10 years. It's incredible. So, you know, he's made, he has money. He's not a guy that's, you know, chasing dollars. Uh, He's not chasing the Hall of Fame, although I think that's important to him. And I don't know, in his mind, maybe if he could come back, he, he could do it. But they'll never give him the chance. You know why? Because it would make a mockery of what's going on over there. Well, and that's exactly right. I imagine that that deep down, they're probably not even happy with this story that no. Simeon Rice is coming out. And they're not going to come out and say anything about that, but I'm sure there's something. They made light of it. They really did laugh yeah. about it. But I would and think to that the deep point down, of being disrespectful almost. Well, right. I mean, they're, and I'm sure Jason Light deep down thinks this is not funny at all. And it's right. he would not take it seriously. And, and it, again, it just points out that they don't have that type of that type of pass rusher. Rick, what can they do about a pass rusher? It's not like any of these guys that they have now are suddenly going to go out and get ten sacks the rest of this season. I don't know what else they can do. There's no one laying around out there mm. that they can go get. I don't think. Uh, no. I, I don't. What do you do at this point if you're Mike Smith and if you're <clears throat> Dirk Cutter trying to figure out how to how to get a pass rush in the middle of a season? Well, you you got to hope. I mean, all you can do is hope. You, there's no. There's no magic bullet. And, you know, you mentioned them trying to do stuff. Well, they did last week. And I wrote about this as well. You know, Mike Smith likes to likes to say his defense is multiple. And, and you know, we saw him with three down linemen in the three-man fronts, particularly in third down, more last week than we've ever seen. I mean, to the point where it, it wasn't a defense that, that anyone here is familiar with in Tampa Bay. And when he did it, he did it for the purpose of, you know, facing a quarterback that's very mobile um, and trying to keep his better players like Spence, like Beckwith, three linebackers on the field because Levante David uh, and Quan Alexander came back. But what it did, uh, and I talked to Gerald McCoy about this, is it took their best pass rusher and maybe their best player on defense, a three technique, someone, someone like Gerald McCoy, and it changed what his duties were and where he was lined up. And sort of made him ineffective as a pass rusher, which I don't think you should ever you know, want to do as a byproduct of some idea. Right. And at the end of the day, I don't know that they're going to stick with this per se. Um, you know, Mike likes to say it's based on the opponent and, and so on and so forth. Um, but he is trying stuff, just maybe not the right stuff. But, you know, I, I mean, I don't, I don't see anybody on this team that, that can do anything but play better than they have so far. I mean, we talked to Robert Ayers who said, look, I – I had a sack, but I let two or three of them get out of my my grasp. The, you know, um, I think you know Will Golston is sitting here. Not that he's a big a big pass rusher guy, but he's he's got zero. Um, you know, I, I mean, whether they have to take guys continually roll them in here off of other teams' practice squads or use their own young players and hope that they catch lightning in a bottle. I mean, there there really isn't anything they can do now. They're going to dial up some blitzes. The first thing you can do, Tom, is stop the run and get teams back into third and longs, you know, third right. and six plus. Predictable passing situations. They haven't done that either. And so I think that if they just play better overall defense, and Quan Alexander, you know, I watched, I went back and watched the game. He looked like a guy who hadn't played in many, many weeks. He missed some tackles. Uh, he had a chance to get Tyrod Taylor on the ground and waited for him to get juked out of his feet. Um, so... You know, I think as they play more, we saw Levante David. I thought there was a huge difference in Levante David from Arizona to last week when he dominated. He made 14 tackles and, and caused a fumble last week. If Quan can make that leap, um, if the coverage can get a little tighter, because I think those guys aren't have, have the ability to play better, although Brent Grimes didn't practice 
with a shoulder injury. So we'll see what that is about. About they just overall have to play better. And Mike Smith, you know, it's the job of a head coach, regardless of who you're playing with, to get the most out of. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And so he's not really putting them yet in positions where they can really succeed. He did it last year at, after eight games. The second half of the season was much better. Uh, they wound up with, you know, a lot of, you know, what, 38, I think it was 38 sacks on the year um, and, or, and a lot of turnovers. So, you know, he's done it before. He has to figure out what, what the combination is for this group. And as predicted, as you predicted, Mike Smith sort of fell on the sword about why they didn't play well last week in Buffalo and what happened on that last drive where Buffalo went, or the next last drive, where Buffalo went down and scored the tying touchdown mm-hmm. in, what, three plays in 46 seconds, 75 yeah. yards. Ultimately, it's the guy that's calling the plays, and we're not, you know, we're not getting it done. Uh, that's, that's the bottom line. There's one guy that's going to be held, that's held responsible, and that's me. We've got to do a better job. Uh, we got the pl- you know we've got the players. The players are the players that we got to play with. We're going to do our damnedest to get them in the best position that we think gives them the best opportunity to win. And obviously, we haven't done that as well as we need to. And we had a we had a roundtable in the Tampa Bay Times the other day, and we were asked, "So, what can the Bucks do now? What can Dirk Cutter do at this point?" And I said, "What else can you do? If I'm him, just practice." I, that, talking about practice, what are we talking about? Practice, but. They they have who they have. They're as you said, the Calvary's not coming. The roster that they have is the roster they have. They're just gonna have to coach them up better, and they're gonna have to play better. And there's no, like you said you're not you're, you're not having you know, Julius Peppers is not coming through the door to play for you on Sunday. So yeah. you know they're they're in a they're in a spot, Rick, where uh, you know I don't what else you talked to Mike Smith on Wednesday. I mean, what what answers does he have at this point? Well, he doesn't have any, and if he did, they, we wouldn't be having these discussions with him. I mean, Mike, Mike is great in terms of his, his own accountability, um, but you know, not so great with knowing, knowing you know what's what the answer is, and um, as yet, anyway. I mean, look, he's got a track record as a really good coach. Guys aren't all, you know, it's it's never as bad as it looks. It's never as good as it looks. I think you know, it's a player not doing his job here or there, missing a tackle here or there. It can all this is a week to week league. It can all turn around quickly. They could they could absolutely stuff Cam Newton in the Panthers. Do I think they will? Not necessarily, but they could because the Panthers are struggling themselves. So nothing like a win, you know, as John Madden used to say, winning is the best deodorant. You know, we will sit here and and pick apart losses like it's nobody's business, but the same errors can be can be made and if you finish with one point more than the other team, no one's really talking about the last drive, you know. I'd even suggest that if, you know, if Adam Humphreys doesn't fumble that ball and they go back down and kick a field goal and win the game, they're probably not too. No one's too geeked up about the giving up the touchdown. So right, right. Or if they missed, if they missed that field goal at the end of the at the yeah. end of regulation, it goes to overtime. You win in overtime and say, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it was a great, it was a great victory. You so. mentioned Cam Newton, Rick. 
And I don't know if you saw on Wednesday, he mm-hmm. popped off again with the media. He had a question that he didn't like uh, yeah. about explosive plays, and he kind of rolled his eyes. And then next next question. And big plays, big chunk plays, kind of get to that energy, I think, that you're talking about. Does this offense, and I know you had, had several at Detroit and New England, you think you guys have the wherewithal to do that consistently week in and week out? Next question. You probably get. I'm getting sick of this from Cam Newton. Every time I turn around, and I realize they get asked dumb questions now, and then I've asked dumb questions, and I'm sure that a lot of times players and coaches, whatever, look out and see some of us in the media asking a question. They know that, look, they know way more, but they've forgotten way more football than we, we will ever know. But at the same time, they also realize what our job is and – it's so easy. Jameis Winston does just fine. He's been in the league three years, Jameis has, and he gets it. He's 23, what, 23 years old, and he gets it. If, it, if, if, if I'm, I'm not just talking as a media member, I don't want Cam's crap anymore. I'm sick of Cam's crap. Every time I, if this happens three times a year with this guy, where he pops off, he doesn't like a question. He, you know, he had the incident with the female reporter earlier this year. Jameis doesn't act like that. I'd rather have, I'd, I'd rather have Jameis Winston anyway. I think he's just as good physically as Cam Newton. And you don't have to put up with any of the crap that Cam and I And probably Carolina, the players don't care about any of that. But it, every time you turn around, it's a distraction with this guy, it feels like. Well, I mean, you go back to the Super Bowl he lost and, and sat there and, and pouted. And then when he heard, you know, the Broncos popping off in the curtain behind him, he pretty much quit uh, talking. And then... You mentioned the, you know, the incident he had last week. Tom, he didn't even show up for his press conference. I mean, he basically bowed out of his obligations, and I'm sure he got fined for that. So, you know, there there's been a long history of of sort of, you know, him being a little petulant and a little I don't, I don't know how to describe what he he's very um, manic, depressive, if you will. Yeah. When he's good, he's really good. Um, he can be charming. He can turn on the smile. That's why Madison Avenue liked him. Madison Avenue liked him selling yogurt and all those things when he was going to the Super Bowl. Um, but I think you find out about people when things don't go well. And if you talk about Cam Newton, I think since the Super Bowl, or maybe including the Super Bowl, I, I had these numbers in front of me, but they're not right now. But like out of his last twenty-two games, he hasn't won very many of them, mm-hmm. and he has a losing. I think I believe he has a losing record, and. He's thrown like 27, I want, and this is just by 12. memory. He's 10 and 10 12 record-wise. Okay. And I think, uh, I think his touchdowns are something like 27 and 25 picks. I mean, it's just something ridiculous. That's, so yeah. those, are, those are horrible numbers. You know, for a, for a quarterback that's, you know, so, so-called franchise quarterback that took a team 15 and 1 to the Super Bowl, to go your next, you know, 22 games and be two games below 500 um, and have that touchdown-interception ratio – in a, a quarterback rating of under 80 um, or 75 or around 76, it, it just shows you where Cam Newton is at. And things aren't going well. They haven't been going well. And he's reacting badly to it. And I, I do think he's damaging himself, his brand. I'm sure the Panthers are the Panthers are probably tired of covering for him. Or Ron Rivera seems tired about being asked questions about him. Yeah. And there will come a point where those skills that he demonstrates won't won't be worth the trouble. And I don't care who we're talking about. You know, they will tolerate you, 
until it's time to replace you. And when you when you drop off and you stop winning games, um, sooner or later, all the other stuff is is going to be what what gets you out of, out of that team or out of the league faster. And I'm not saying that he never has the right to to uh, roll his eyes at a question. And and I'm not saying that he has to sit there and answer every question like it's like everything's great. But at the same time, you're the quarterback of the franchise. You're a voice in that locker room. You're a guy that, that the media comes to. You're the mm-hmm. highest profile guy on the team. You are the franchise player. You're the guy that you, usually in the NFL, other than the head coach, nobody else goes to a podium typically. That's, that's right. Than the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And and I can't imagine that only the Carolina reporters ask dumb questions. Every quarterback in the league gets asked bad questions at one point or another. And they don't react the way that this guy tends to react. And I don't know. I don't see Eli Manning doing this stuff. I don't see uh, I don't see Drew Brees doing this stuff. I don't see Matt Ryan doing this. I don't see Jameis Winston doing this. Last week, Jameis was not happy after the game against no. uh, against Buffalo. He was upset. And we were trying to get him to talk about his shoulder and feeling mm-hmm. healthy. And mm-hmm. he wasn't completely cooperative. But he wasn't so dismissive that it became a story. And and you go to do you type in right now if you go to Google right now and type in Cam Newton the first things to come up is Cam Newton walks out of a press conference Cam Newton gets into it with another reporter and that's to me it's it's just a it's it's a distraction you don't need and if you're going to be a quarterback in this league you can't do stuff like that yeah I would agree with that I I just think I mean unless and I don't think if there's any genius behind this but unless he feels like Hey, if I'm the story, then everybody won't notice. You know, my teammates are screwing up too. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think that. Like I said, I just think he's emotional. Um, and you know, why, as an organization, why would you want this to be a story? I mean, you know, from a writer's standpoint, it's like, okay, great, the guy's screwed up, or he's, you know, he's being, you know, sort of um, childish again. Let's let's hammer him for that. But you know, you're selling. You're selling, you know, football, basically, and you and, and you're trying to get people's eye, you know, eye on the ball with respect to the product, and it 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 seems selfish in a way for him to sort of act this way at times. And I know I know they're probably tired of it, but I you know I can't I can't explain why a guy who just has to try just a little bit of effort to to you know do his you know do the press conference. You don't have to give him great answers. And then, and then you're on. Russell you're on your Wilson business. hasn't said anything in five years. Not a right. thing. Right. All and, cliches. And no one yeah, can quote him. I mean, but, but he doesn't cause trouble. Right. And we've seen we've seen quarterbacks who have been in real trouble. Ben Roethlisberger, right. he got in some real trouble. You know, guys that have have you could had every and Jameis. You know, look when he when he came to to the Bucks, the the people were looking at him crosswise, and I don't mean the media necessarily, but. Right. You know, there was a lot of scrutiny and a lot of debate about whether, you know, his character was something that, you know, Tampa Bay or any organization wanted to tolerate. So it just doesn't make sense. He could own, he, he has everything, you know, he has talent, he has the charisma, he has the smile, and now he's lost his Greek yogurt endorsement. <laughs> That's right. Well, that happened after he, he got into it with the female mm-hmm. reporter. But the thing with uh, with Cam Newton, it's not as if he's, he's, uh, constantly criticized in Carolina. I don't read the Carolina papers every day, but 
for the most part, I don't think he's being blamed for the problems that they're having in Carolina. Now, if he doesn't play well, he gets criticism just like everybody. But I don't think he's. Yeah, but he's any... not the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Is no, what you're exactly. Saying. He's not Eli Manning. He's not taking the heat like New Eli York. Manning's right, taking these right. days in New York or Geno Smith That's at the time right. took it. He's. I think he's pretty well liked in Carolina. I think the fans like him. I think he's been any success that they've had. He's been given most of the credit for it. Uh, I just don't get it. And like I said, I'd rather have Jameis anyway. Well, look but, at that but, record. I mean, just look at the last, like I said, the last 22 games or whatnot. I mean, Jameis has outplayed him. Right. In my right. opinion. No, I think he has. I think he has. And he's been less of a, he hasn't been a distraction at all off the field. Right. Jameis has. And, and certainly Cam Newton is all the time. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, get back at it. Take on the Detroit Red Wings on Thursday night. Try to keep that uh, their hot streak going. So we'll talk about that uh, as the weekend gets close. And I'm uh, glad a lot of college football this weekend as well. So, By the way, yeah, did you see your boy, Jimmy Mack? Oh, yeah. Oh, the shark bites. That guy. <laughs> He's doing a moonwalk. He's doing a moonwalk. He's doing a moonwalk, right? He is. He's backpedaling like a defensive <laughs> back right now. Jim, Mac the Knife is suddenly uh, saying, you know, maybe I shouldn't have brought up the whole death threat thing. Eh, it's probably a bad idea. I retract that or whatever you guys do with it. Speak to our guys all the time and the people within our organization about, you know, shutting out the, the noise and not letting the clutter get to you and, and obviously uh, you guys know me well um, you know sometimes things on your mind and I go ahead and speak it and uh, doesn't make it right and yet at the same time um, you know it's it's uh, you know letting one or two and who even know who um, get into you and and not recognize how great our fan base is, obviously, and, and the people associated with this program um, that are here for you uh, to help in any way. And, and uh, you know what? Uh, been doing this a long time, and obviously allowing the, allowing the clutter to get to you, it's just not what it's all about. You know, we had a good talk about it. Um, in fact, it happened in the past. It wasn't just spur of the moment. Uh, just something that came up and obviously was on my mind and uh it doesn't make it uh, right to air that laundry and uh yet at the same time um they've got total total support um university police yeah i'm telling you i know it's exactly like we pointed out on our last podcast rick i think it was he he was looking for some sympathy. He thought he'd throw that out there. He didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal. He's been getting criticized. I don't think there's any specific death threats, and he sort of boxed himself into a corner with it. And when he got called upon, called on it, he had no explanation for it. He had no proof either. <laughs> it's because it didn't really happen. <laughs> I don't think I don't know, but I it really isn't something you should like you know joke about because there are people that do get death threats. And and some wackadoos could follow through with them. So I, I just don't think you want to be the no. coach who cried shark. I think <laughs> I see what you did there. I think he he's also one of those guys that just uh um I don't think he thought he was gonna get called out on it. Yeah, he thought it would just Of course uh, not. He would he's get the Florida sympathy coach. and oh poor Jim McElwain getting he's death a, threats. Yeah, he's yeah. a UF coach. Who would who would doubt who would doubt me? 
Right. Except right. except the athletic department, who doesn't necessarily who's looking for all the world to get out of their twelve million dollar so buyout. I'll tell right you, somebody now. at this very moment is pouring through that contract line by line, <laughs> and, they're, and, they're, and I'm and I'm telling you, they're getting people. Who they there. got this week? Georgia. Georgia. Oh, it's going to get ugly. Oh my! It's going to get real ugly. They're going to get they're going to get wiped out. Georgia's going to destroy them. It's not I even going to be right. close. It's not even going to be close. Uh, well, thanks for listening, everyone. Don't forget, we're here each and every weekday. You can find us on Twitter at Rick Tom Podcast at NFL Straub at Tom W Jones. Thanks to our producer Steve Burstick. Take care. Next time we talk to you, it will be a football Friday. So be sure to join us. We'll talk to you then. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 